It's Super Saturday at JCPenney. Shop in-store or at jcp.com to save up to 60% on hundreds of super deals this Friday and Saturday. Get select kitchen appliances for just $29.99 each. Or rewards members get select diamond jewelry for $25 each. Or shop and save an extra 30% with coupon. Need it fast? Pick up your order curbside. Joy, comfort, peace. JCPenney. Offers valid 12, 18 to 12, 19. Conditions and exclusions apply. Kitchen electrics limited to 10% coupon discount. $25 jewelry excluded from coupons and rewards. See store or jcp.com for details. Peaceful vibes, spectacular views. Life's just a little sweeter this time of year at the central coast of North Carolina. Treat yourself to a cozy getaway and take in the crisp air and relaxing sounds of the central coast water. Enjoy a specialty cruise, nature's beauty, and amazing wildlife. Plan your cozy getaway today at onlyinonslow.com. That's onlyinonslow.com. Get cozy at the central coast of North Carolina. So the next time that uh, liberals, feminists, those on the left, tell you we care about women, we support women, we are here for women, remind them of the Supreme Court nomination hearing for Judge Barrett. Because opening day, what I learned is the Democratic Party hates women. They despise women. They can't stand women. And especially women that have children, especially women that adopt, especially women that have high praise from their colleagues, especially women that think for themselves, those women they hate. That's right. If you thought that Brett Kavanaugh had it bad, well, yeah, they toned it down so far a little bit for a woman. But that's only because they're probably afraid of what would actually happen if they decided to accuse her of, like, raping people when they're 12 years old. And planning gang rape parties like they did with Brett Kavanaugh. Judge Barrett uh, is a woman that has an incredible resume based on the facts, based on litigation, based on court cases. And the Democrats, we have now found out, have been spending tens of millions of dollars starting this weekend uh, with a campaign to derail and destroy Judge Barrett. Why? Because she's a woman. And a woman on the Supreme Court cannot be a woman unless she is actually a liberal woman. Has to be an Elena Kagan. Has to be somebody like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Has to be someone that doesn't respect life. Has to be someone that only thinks about the liberal way of life being the right way of life and anything else shouldn't be there. There's some group out there. I get get all these, you know, just like emails, trash emails, the show. And some people clearly don't look at their email list before they send them to me because it's hysterical. One of them was from the women's organization. It's a subject women's organization urges America to evaluate Amy Coney Barrett on her qualifications. As the hearing got underway for the Amy Coney Barrett to the U.S. Supreme Court and the United States Judiciary Committee, Karen Lips, director of the new N.E.W. capital W, lowercase e, capital N, shared, quote, Amy Coney Barrett has excellent credentials to be on the Supreme Court, but that doesn't mean liberals won't try to delegitimize her. Popular feminists today are quick to mock, shame, and even bully conservative women into silence. She's right. For far too long, the left has controlled the narrative about what women want. Conservative women must push back and speak up, and that's why I'm reading this email to you. I never read these emails. It was dumb luck when I got this email because this was one of hundreds of from women's groups who were actually supporting Judge Barrett, not 
ripping Judge Barrett because of what I just said in that line. For far too long, the left has controlled the narrative about what women want. Conservative women must push back and speak up. Our views are mainstream. The modern feminists attacking Barrett don't represent millions of American women. And we won't let them pretend to speak for us. I call on modern feminists not to demonize her faith and family size. That's right. She can't be trusted on the Supreme Court because she has a big family. That's now what's disqualifying her from being on the Supreme Court if you listen to the feminists who are on the Supreme Court. Or I should say, excuse me, those in Congress wanting to choose who will be on the Supreme Court. They hate this woman. This woman embodies everything that feminism is not. This is a woman who did two things amazingly well, being a mother and also being a judge. This is a woman who did an incredible job of putting her family first while also not losing her career. That's not possible if you're a feminist. Remember, if you're a feminist, you don't have children. You freeze your eggs or you get abortion so that then you can have your career. If you don't believe me, just remember the liberal women in Hollywood who were praised. And, Diaz, do me a favor. Find out who it was. I can't remember. It was an award show pre-COVID. Maybe it was during COVID, the very beginning, where there was some famous actress that stood up saying she wouldn't have gotten where she is today if she wouldn't have had her abortion. Yeah, that's feminism. How can a feminist support Judge Barrett, who, who did what she has done, without having an abortion. See, this is what the crazy left has decided is important. This is what the the, the psychotic left has decided you need to hear. And what this women's group, and I'm so glad I got this email, Enlightened Women is challenging other women to evaluate Amy Coney Barrett, not based on her family size, not based on her religion, not based on the fact that she had a, she was a mother first in a, in a, in a, judge second because that feminism doesn't line up with that see in feminism you must compromise your values to be the feminist you must compromise what you might want for yourself for the greater good of being a feminist that's why they celebrate women who have abortions because they say that is feminism having a child must less a large family while doing something amazing in their world is impossible So now the left is coming out because Judge Barrett, what I learned today at these hearings is that she is a threat to all women that are feminists and the lie that when you are a feminist, you have to make sacrifices, extreme sacrifices that men would never have to make like aborting a child to get your success. It is impossible to have success in this country as a feminist without you making those hard decisions. Impossible. It is impossible. This woman is a threat to the legacy and the history of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And the reason why she is a threat to Ruth Bader Ginsburg is because she's going to do it differently. She very well may be a legend on this court if she is confirmed Because she's going to be the opposite of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her type. Okay, keyword, her type of feminism. 
That's the difference here. That is the core difference. I want to get to your um, comments on this in a moment. A lot of you have been reaching out on social media today, and I'm glad that you have. Uh, Shocked by some of the things that people have been saying. However, there was one senator today that I thought did a great job of explaining a little bit about the, th- this judge and why people should be looking at this judge and why they should be supporting this judge based on what she has actually done. Based on what she has actually done. Take a listen to Senator Ted Cruz. And you know, what- I want to start by making some observations about what we've heard this morning. Uh, at the very beginning, let me observe, as, as Sherlock Holmes famously observed, that what speaks the loudest is the dog that didn't bark, which is, to date, of every Democrat who's spoken, we've heard virtually not a single word about Judge Barrett. We've heard a lot of attacks at President Trump. We understand our Democratic colleagues are not supporters of the president. Uh, We've heard a lot of political rhetoric. We just heard the senator from Rhode Island directing some attacks uh, at Senator Cornyn from Texas. And I understand there's an election in a few weeks, so that those those political attacks are not surprising. But we've heard very little about the nominee who is here and whose confirmation we're considering. And I think part of the reason for that is is that on any measure, Judge Barrett's credentials uh, are impeccable. Uh, This is a woman who graduated number one in her class at Notre Dame Law School. Uh, I'd venture to say that that there is likely not a single member of this committee who graduated number one in their class in law school. Perhaps my colleague Mike Lee can disagree with that statement, but uh, it is a very impressive accomplishment. Judge Barrett went on to be a clerk to the great Justice Antonin Scalia, one of the greatest justices ever to serve on the Supreme Court. We heard celebration from Senator Leahy about the fact that he was confirmed 98 to nothing. From there, she became a law professor for two decades at Notre Dame Law School, teaching the law to her students where she was beloved, where she was respected, where she was a serious, careful scholar. And now she is one of the most respected federal court of appeals judges in the country. None of the discussions from our Democratic colleagues addressed any of that. Because those impeccables, those, those credentials are on their face impeccable. Indeed, the American Bar Association, which typically leans hard left and has a long pattern of favoring Democratic nominees over nominees appointed by Republican presidents, uh, had no choice but conclude that she was well qualified, as a majority of the reviewing board did. Judge Barrett's qualifications are remarkable, and I believe she will serve as an excellent Supreme Court justice. So what is it our Democratic friends have focused on? Well, one thing they've focused on is history. And they claim the fact that this nomination is occurring at all is illegitimate. Doesn't matter who Judge Barrett is, doesn't matter what she's done, doesn't matter her record, doesn't matter her extraordinary family story of doing all of this while being a mom to seven kids. The timing of the nomination, our Democratic friends tell, tell us, makes it illegitimate. Well, except for that history does not accurately reflect what the Senate has done over two centuries. This question of what happens. You can hear 
Ted Cruz doing an amazing job uh, of summing up. And by the way, that audio that we had there was rough. That's what they gave us today out of the pool coverage. So blame it on your tax dollars, okay, uh, for that quality. That's what they gave us today. I'm sure we spent billions on that audio system. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. But what Senator Ted Cruz said, he talked about her as a person. This woman has incredible, incredible credentials. Now, who is this judge? I, I rarely play long forms of audio. I'm going to play for you the opening statement from the Honorary Amy, Amy Coney Barrett because it's so important for you to hear what she said and why liberals are having such a hard time attacking her because of what she said in just a second. Before that, I want to say a big thank you to our incredible sponsor. Without them, I wouldn't be doing this. Their name? Well, they're the number one conservative organization in the country called AMAC. AMAC is on Capitol Hill right now fighting and putting pressure on every senator to make sure, especially those that are swing votes, those that could defect, to confirm Judge Barrett. If you're ready to have your name added to the list of conservatives that support the confirmation of Judge Barrett, then it's time for you to join for free today. I'm going to give you a free membership to the conservative organization called AMAC. You're going to get the AMAC magazine, number one conservative magazine in the country, for free for an entire year. You're going to get incredible discounts, uh, just like you receive when you pay to become a member of AARP, except it's all going to be for one year for free. Most importantly, you're joining the top conservative organizations fighting for our values and fighting to confirm Judge Barrett in Washington. How do you get your free membership? All you got to do is go to benfreeonline.com. That's BenFreeOnline.com. BenFreeOnline.com. Grab your free membership. Sign your name to the list of conservatives that are proudly supporting, protecting, and defending Judge Barrett and one are on the Supreme Court. Go to BenFreeOnline.com. That's BenFreeOnline.com. All right, so before I play Judge Barrett's opening statement, which is just one of the best I've ever heard, a confirmation hearing. I just want to say something real quick that any liberal and leftist that's going to be listening right now, I'm warning you, you need to turn down the audio. Okay, turn it down because I don't want you to have a wreck. I don't want you to, you know, lose your mind. I don't want you to have, you know, a stroke or heart attack because of how angry you're about to get if you're a if you're a leftist about what I'm about to to read to you. Breaking news. Turn it down, liberals. Turn it down. President Trump's physician has just come out saying the president has tested negative for COVID-19. Oh, that's going to make some people angry. Remember remember when they were fantasizing on, on TV about the, the, the 25th and about the continuity of government and the president dying? Remember all that? Like, wasn't that just like a week ago, Diaz? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, well, now that now the, I'm again, if you're if you're a liberal, turn it down. I'm going to read it again. I don't want you to have. I don't want you to, have to go to the hospital or have a wreck. President Trump's physician says the president has tested negative for COVID nineteen. All right, let me get back to Judge Amy. For far too long, the left has controlled the narrative about what women want. Conservative women must push back and speak up. 
That is what EnlightenWomen.org put out a statement earlier today urging women on the left, or excuse me, on the right, to stand up to the narrative of the media and of the left. Why? Because what this judge said, it was brilliant. It's exactly the type of person you want on the Supreme Court. Take a listen. Raise your right hand. Stand up, please. Do you solemnly swear that the testimony you're about to give this committee is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Thank you. Welcome to the committee, to your family. You've uh, done a great job over there. Uh, The floor is yours, Judge. Ranking Member Feinstein and members of the committee, I'm honored and humbled to appear before you today as a nominee for Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. I thank the President for entrusting me with this profound responsibility, as well as for the graciousness that he and the First Lady have shown my family throughout this process. I thank Senator Young for introducing me, as he did at my hearing, to serve on the Seventh Circuit. And I also thank Senator Braun for his support. And while she could not be with us via uh, the satellite, I am also grateful to former Dean Patty O'Hara of the Notre Dame Law School. She hired me as a professor nearly 20 years ago, and she has been a mentor, colleague, and friend ever since. I thank the members of this committee and your other colleagues in the Senate who have taken the time to meet with me since my nomination. It's been a privilege to meet you. As I said when I was nominated to serve as a justice, I'm used to being in a group of nine, my family. Nothing is more important to me, and I'm very proud to have them behind me. My husband, Jesse, and I have been married for 21 years. He has been a selfless and wonderful partner every step of the way. I once asked my sister, why do you think marriage is hard? People are always saying that. I think it's easy. And she looked at me and said, well, maybe you should ask Jesse if he agrees with that. (laughs) I decided not to take her advice because I know that I am far luckier in love than I deserve. Jesse and I are parents to seven wonderful children. Our oldest daughter, Emma, is a sophomore in college who just might follow her parents into a career in the law. Next is Vivian, who came to us from Haiti. When Vivian arrived... She was so weak that we were told she might never talk or walk normally, but now she deadlifts as much as the male athletes in our gym, and I assure you she has no trouble talking. Tess is 16, and while she shares her parents' love for the liberal arts, she also has a math gene that seems to have skipped her parents' generation. John Peter joined us shortly after the devastating earthquake in Haiti. And Jesse, who brought him home, still describes the shock on J.P.'s face when he got off the plane in wintertime Chicago. Once that shock wore off, J.P. assumed the happy-go-lucky attitude that is still his signature trait. Liam is smart, strong, and kind, and to our delight, he still loves watching movies with mom and dad. Ten-year-old Juliet is already pursuing her goal of becoming an author, by writing multiple essays and short stories, one of which she recently submitted for publication. 
And our youngest, Benjamin, um, is at home with friends. Benjamin has Down syndrome, and he is the unanimous favorite of the family. He was watching the hearing this morning, I'm told, and he was calling out our names as he saw the kids in the back. My own siblings are here, some in the hearing room and some nearby. Carrie, Megan, Eileen, Amanda, Vivian, and Michael are my oldest and dearest friends. We've seen each other through both the happy and hard parts of life, and I am so grateful that they are with me now. My parents, Mike and Linda Coney, are watching from their New Orleans home. My father was a lawyer and my mother was a teacher, which explains why I became a law professor. More important, my parents modeled for me and my six siblings a life of service, principle, faith, and love. I remember preparing for a grade school spelling bee against a boy in my class, and to boost my confidence, my dad saying, anything boys can do, girls can do better. And at least as I remember it, I spelled my way to victory. I received similar encouragement from the devoted teachers at St. Mary's Dominican, my all-girls high school in New Orleans. When I went to college, it never occurred to me that anyone would consider girls less capable than boys. My freshman year, I took a literature class filled with upperclassmen English majors. And when I did my first presentation, which was on breakfast at Tiffany's, I feared I had failed. But my professor took the time to talk to me, and she filled me with confidence about how well I had done, and she became a mentor. And when I graduated with a degree in English, she gave me Truman Capote's collected works as a gift. Although I considered graduate studies in English, I decided that my passion for words was better suited to deciphering statutes than novels. I was fortunate to have wonderful legal mentors, in particular, the judges for whom I clerked. The legendary Judge Lawrence Silberman of the DC Circuit gave me my first job in the law and he continues to teach me today. He was by my side during my Seventh Circuit hearing. He swore me in at my investiture, and he's cheering me on from his living room right now. I also clerked for Justice Scalia. And like many law students, I felt like I knew the justice before I ever met him, because I had read so many of his colorful, accessible opinions. More than the style of his writing, though, it was the content of Justice Scalia's reasoning that shaped me. His judicial philosophy was straightforward. A judge must apply the law as it is written, not as she wishes it were. Sometimes that approach meant reaching results that he did not like. But as he put it in one of his best-known opinions, that is what it means to say that we have a government of laws and not of men. Justice Scalia taught me more than just law. He was devoted to his family, resolute in his beliefs, and fearless of criticism. And as I embarked on my own legal career, I resolved to maintain that same perspective. There's a tendency in our profession to treat the practice of law as all-consuming while losing sight of everything else. But that makes for a shallow and unfulfilling life. I worked hard as a lawyer and as a professor. I owed that to my clients, to my students, and to myself. But I never let the law define my identity or crowd out the rest of my life. 
A similar principle applies to the role of courts. Courts have a vital responsibility to the rule of law, which is critical to a free society. But courts are not designed to solve every problem or right every wrong in our public life. The policy decisions and value judgments of government must be made by the political branches, elected by and accountable to the people. The public should not expect courts to do so, and courts should not try. That is the approach that I have strived to follow as a judge on the Seventh Circuit. In every case, I have carefully considered the arguments presented by the parties, discussed the issues with my colleagues on the court, and done my utmost to reach the result required by the law, whatever my own preferences might be. I try to remain mindful that while my court decides thousands of cases a year, each case is the most important one to the litigants involved. After all, cases are not like statutes, which are often named for their authors. Cases are named for the parties who stand to gain or lose in the real world, often through their liberty or livelihood. When I write an opinion resolving a case, I read every word from the perspective of the losing party. I ask myself how I would view the decision if one of my children was the party that I was ruling against. Even though I would not like the results, would I understand that the decision was fairly reasoned and grounded in law? That is the standard that I set for myself in every case. And it is the standard that I will follow so long as I am a judge on any court. When the president offered me this nomination, I was deeply honored. But it was not a position I had sought out and I thought carefully before accepting. The confirmation process and the work of serving on the court, if confirmed, requires sacrifices, particularly from my family. I chose to accept the nomination because I believe deeply in the rule of law and the place of the Supreme Court in our nation. I believe Americans of all backgrounds deserve an independent Supreme Court that interprets our Constitution and laws as they are written. And I believe I can serve my country by playing that role. I come before this committee with humility about the responsibility that I have been asked to undertake and with appreciation for those who have come before me. I was nine years old when Sandra Day O'Connor became the first woman to sit in this seat. She was a model of grace and dignity throughout her distinguished tenure on the court. When I was 21 years old and just beginning my career, Ruth Bader Ginsburg sat in this seat. She told the committee, what has become of me could only happen in America. I have been nominated to fill Justice Ginsburg's seat, but no one will ever take her place. I will be forever grateful for the path she marked and the life she led. If confirmed, it would be the honor of a lifetime to serve alongside the Chief Justice and seven Associate Justices. I admire them all and would consider each a valued colleague. And I might bring a few new perspectives to the bench, 
As the president noted when he announced my nomination, I would be the first mother of school-aged children to serve on the court. And I know that it would make Senators Young and Braun happy to know that I would be the first justice to join the court from the Seventh Circuit in 45 years. I would be the only sitting justice who didn't attend school at Harvard or Yale, but I am confident that Notre Dame could hold its own, and maybe I could even teach them a thing or two about football. As a final note, Mr. Chairman, I would like to thank the many Americans from all walks of life who have reached out with messages of support over the course of my nomination. I believe in the power of prayer, and it has been uplifting to hear that so many people are praying for me. I look forward to answering the committee's questions over the coming days. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed, I pledge to faithfully and impartially discharge my duties to the American people as an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. Thank you. Judge Barrett there giving her opening statement. And what I say, looking at what she had to say there is, this is when the Democrats decided to start losing their minds. They started attacking her because of her religion, because she talked about God. Now, remember, during the vice presidential debate the other night, the woman who likes to say in pre-planned conversations, excuse me, I'm speaking, I'm speaking. Remember that whole feminist line? Yeah. She said she's a person of faith. No one attacked Kamala Harris when she said that, right? Because you got to check that box if you're running for the presidency or the vice presidency. But when Judge Barrett says it's a threat to the Supreme Court, it's a threat to feminism, it's a threat to abortion, it's a threat to killing babies, it's a threat to um, non-traditional families. Day one of these confirmation hearings, and I hate to use sports analogies, that's why I rarely do it, but it, it was genuinely a home run for Judge Barrett. Throughout this hearing, what the American people saw was that a woman cannot have to be a feminist to be successful. That is a threat to the feminist movement, to the Hillary Clintons, the AOCs, uh, the, 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 the Sotomayors, the, the list goes on and on. The Atlanta Kagans, you know, they think you have to abandon anything that's traditional as a woman to be a real feminist. This woman has a family. This woman has a husband. This woman has religion. This woman has a career. The left will tell you, and they will tell women, you cannot have both at the same time. Something must happen. Something must get done, or something must have to disappear. Diaz, do you have that audio? And this is what I was talking about. Remember the last feminist that really kind of exploded in this country? The last feminist that really exploded in this country was Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams is a famous actress. Many of you may know her from her early show when she was on Dawson's Creek, but she's done uh, an incredible amount of, of great movies. And they are. Some of her movies are, are I love. She's a woman that that gets awards because she's a great actress michelle williams this is what the democratic party wants okay i want i want you to understand this is what the democratic party advocates for she she went up there on stage and advocated for abortion rights in her globe golden globe acceptance speech saying i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for abortion 
Not her personally, of course, because she's glad her mom didn't abort her. But she's talking about getting this award. What she's saying is, I couldn't have gotten this award. And my career wouldn't have gotten where it is if I wouldn't have terminated a life. And that's what feminism is now. The reason why Judge Barrett is a threat on the court in multiple ways is because what, what she's saying is, I didn't have to abort anyone. In fact, I have a large family of nine. I have a large family of nine. Oh, and by the way, I graduated top of my class in law school. Oh, by the way, I did incredible things in my life without compromising my values or having to terminate a life. Without having to, without having to terminate a life. That's how good I am. And they do not want, under any circumstances, for anyone out there to think that you can make it without an abortion. You need an abortion at your fingertips. You need an abortion at your fingertips so that anyone and everyone who needs an abortion can get it right away. That is what you need. Women, 18 to 118, when it is time to vote, please do so in your own self-interest. It's what men have been doing for years. It's what men have been doing for years. Michelle Williams advocates for abortion in her Golden Globe acceptance speech, and the feminists loved it. Yes, we kill babies so that we can win awards. We kill babies so that we can win awards, and that is exactly what the left wants, and that is why they are so afraid of Judge Barrett. They are terrified of Judge Barrett for this reason. I want to tell you real quick about Patriot Mobile. If you have a cell phone and your cell phone is with Big Mobile, AT&T and Verizon, you need to know what they're doing right now. They're giving money, tons of it, to Planned Parenthood, the number one abortion provider in the country. They've been doing it for years. Many people don't realize that every time you're using your phone right now, if you're with Big Mobile, you're supporting Planned Parenthood. Your money is going to the number one abortion provider in the country. It's also going to people like Kamala Harris, AOC, Joe Biden, Barack Obama. In fact, AT&T and Verizon have given more money, we're talking about hundreds of millions, to more than 10,000 Democratic candidates that run for office on the local, state, national level, and massive amounts of money to Planned Parenthood. There's an alternative now. A company that has nationwide coverage, unlimited talk and text, and they're proud to be a Christian conservative company. They are called Patriot Mobile. They actually take 5% of your bill every single month, and they give it back to you. Well, not directly to you, but to organizations that support your values. Organizations that support the First and Second Amendment rights. Organizations that fight for the unborn. At no extra cost to you. That's right. Instead of making profits... They take money, and they give it back to conservative organizations that fight for what we believe in. So every time you use your phone, make a difference. Save money, by the way, over what you're paying right now. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Ben. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Ben. And when you call them, you can make the switch easy. Keep your same cell phone number. Keep your same cell phone or upgrade to a new one. Call them and use my name, Ben. You'll get free activation and special offers. That's right. Ways to save you even more money. Call them, 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Or online at patriotmobile.com slash Ben. That's patriotmobile.com slash Ben.
So the media is trying to figure out how they can attack Judge Barrett and her religion, telling you you should be afraid of her because she's a religious fanatic, even though the other night at the vice presidential debate, you had Kamala Harris saying, you know, excuse me, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. I am a woman of faith. No one had a problem with that. So you want to know how they're doing it now? This is amazing. Matthew Dowd, whatever channel he's at now, is it ABC News? I think so. Uh, they just had this to say about Judge Barrett saying, well, you know, when it, it, her, her religion, of course, is going to be an issue, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an issue. It should be an issue. And Republicans would make a religion an issue of a woman if she was a different religion. Yeah, they're playing the Muslim card now. You ready for this? Take a listen. It's truly amazing how evil the media has become, not just the Democratic Party, but now they're out there going, well, it's okay to question a woman's religion because Republicans would do it too. Well, a chance uh, that there could be five votes to uphold the law. We just, we don't know. And from the political to the personal matter, I just want to ask you quickly, uh, the Republicans defended Amy Coney Barrett on the basis of her religion. They said the Democrats have been attacking her. didn't hear much of that from Democrats, but it's out there, no question. Uh, do you think that she is being unfairly attacked because she's a devout catholic who participates in an intensive faith community what do you make of that whole end of this business by the way you you notice how they're slandering her with an intense faith community like she's got what they're saying is hey she's not just like a normal catholic this is the media doing this this isn't a senator doing this okay this is the media abc news matthew dowd saying you know she's not a normal catholic right she's a crazy catholic She's a radical, fanatical Catholic. We're going to slander the type of Catholic she is. She isn't just one that, you know, like goes on Christmas. Like Bill Maher, right? You know, this is a, this is a woman. And Diaz, grab that audio of Bill Maher. From the, I mean, Bill Maher didn't even know who Judge Barrett was. And he was already referring to her as, an, as a effing crazy person. I'll play that for you in a minute. But but now this is this isn't you know like Bill Maher. This is ABC hard hard news coverage saying you need to be worried about her because she's not just a normal Catholic, right? We're not we're not slandering her, but I mean she's a little bit she's a little bit radical. And and you want to know where ABC News got it from? This all started with the test marketing from Bill Maher on on, on HBO, where right when her name was announced, Bill Maher said this. We'll all be saying this name a lot, I'm sure, because she's a nut. Religion. I was right about that one, too. Amy, (laughs) sorry, but Amy Comey Barrett, Catholic, really Catholic. I mean, really, really Catholic, like speaking in tongues. Really, really Catholic, like speaking in tongues. Not a lot of pushback in the media, right? He kind of got away with that. So now ABC News like screw it day one confirmation hearing. I mean I know she's she's you know there's you know there's not a lot of people attacking her, but it's definitely out there, which is why they're talking about it because they are attacking her and it is out there. But she's not just a normal Catholic. You should be afraid of this Catholic because she actually is like a good Catholic. She's not just a show up you know hungover Catholic. Unfairly attacked because she's a devout Catholic who participates in an intensive faith community. Intense. Do you hear that? That's slander, folks. That's the dog whistle for she can't be trusted. She's crazy. That's what that is. You start referring to someone's religion as, quote, intense. That means she's crazy. 
what do you make of that whole end of this business? I mean, I think it's a complete faux issue that the Republicans are pushing at this point. I will listen to almost all the hearings today. The only people talking about her faith were the Republicans. Not a single Democrat went into it, got it part of it. The last two weeks has been a whole push on the Republicans to say the Democrats are, are attacking her faith, which I find fascinating since Joe Biden is a, is a devout Catholic. Nancy Pelosi is a devout Catholic. 30, a third of the Republic, of Democratic members of Congress are Catholic. So I think it's a faux issue. What I would like to ask the people listening and watching to this, I would wonder where the Republicans would be if this nominee was a devout Muslim. Would they be saying the same things they're saying now about don't attack somebody's faith and don't go into their faith and don't make an argument about their faith if the person sitting in front of them was a devout Muslim? I really doubt they would be saying the same argument. So there it is. That's why we can attack a Catholic woman because the Republican Party would clearly be asking questions about a Muslim. So it's okay, everybody, because we're just doing this because we know they would do it, too. In a different way, of course. In a very different way. We know they would do it, too. Let me just tell you, the amount of money the Democrats have just poured in, we're talking about, like, dozens and dozens of millions to try to derail uh, Judge Barrett this, this week. They are going to go Kavanaugh on her, and they're already doing it with her religion, Bill Maher started it that very first night. And again, this is how vile the left is to destroy this woman because she is such a threat to feminism. This isn't Roe v. Wade, by the way. This is just a threat to feminism. Take a listen. Bill Maher again. We'll all be saying this name a lot, I'm sure, because she's a nut. Religion. I was right about that one, too. Amy, (laughs) sorry, but Amy Comey Barrett, Catholic, really Catholic. I mean, really, really Catholic, like speaking in tongues. This is what is going to happen. This is how evil they're going to be. You better get ready. And most importantly, to conservative women, listen to what other women are saying. For far too long, the left has controlled the narrative about what women want. Conservative women must push back and speak up. Our views are mainstream. The modern feminists attacking Barrett don't represent millions of American women. And we won't let them pretend to speak for us. Women, it's time for you to stand up. And I'll leave it at that. What is a Fisher house? If I had a chance to talk to the Fisher family, I would start crying because I can't articulate how much it meant to us. The Fisher house is a comfort home for military and veteran families to stay in at no charge. Allowing the family to be together to support their loved one during a medical crisis. It's enough to help you thrive through these hard situations. Go to fisherhouse.org for more info and how you might help. That's fisherhouse.org. Right now, command the season at Herson's Kia. If you're looking for a new Kia, Herson's has 0% financing and leases starting at $129 per month. Check them out at hersonskia.com.